Hey there, patrons. Welcome to your bonus podcast for episode 276. This is an extended interview with Gretchen Primack. Oh, yay. I hope you heard the main interview. If you didn't, go check that out for sure. Uh, also, yesterday I posted a uh, little preview of a video I'm working on. It's a cover I did in the studio yesterday. Uh, Bennett Pastor recorded me uh, playing the piano and singing this cover of Wake Up in New York by Craig Armstrong. It's a great song. I'm super excited to have uh, done it. And yay! Other than that, this Friday I'm going to be at the at the at the uh, what's it called? Come on, the Pit with Lauren Mall, who you've heard on the show, and she was at my album release show. She performed there. We've done a lot of work together. Um, come see the show if you are listening to this and you want to come. I have one comp I can give out, and I figured I could give it to one of you guys. So uh, send me an email on Patreon or just via email, mikeypot at gmail.com or wherever, Facebook, <laughs> send me a message somewhere letting me know you want to go to the show, and I'll give you that comp. Um, I think that's it. Yay. Thanks for being here, and uh, there's more to come. Uh, I want to get my pigeon video out this week, and then next week I'll put up the cover video, um, and then I'll keep going from there. Anyway. Thanks for being here. I'm so grateful that you're here, and I hope you in love this interview with uh, Gretchen. Hi, patrons. Welcome to your bonus podcast episode with Gretchen Primack, who is joining me here as well. Hello. Welcome again, Gretchen. Hello there. Yay. <laughs> I love it. This For some reason, I love doing this little bonus podcast because it's such it's a, a little niche audience, uh, so it's kind of fun. Ooh, special people. Yes. Um, the special people, it's as if on some sort of weird cue, my dogs just flap through the dog door as if they're like, okay, well, we now that the official stuff is over, we want to hang out with the cool people. I love it. How many, do you, you have two dogs? Two dogs and five cats. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Oh, I need more, <laughs> I need more animals in my life. Uh, so one of the things I'd love to talk to you about that we didn't get to talk about in the podcast is how you came around to veganism because that world is sort of how you and I got to know each other. Yes, yes. Well, let's see. Um, when you think of yourself as an animal lover and then you figure out that that's an animal on your plate, that's all of our story, right? We have that moment. And that moment for me came when I was 12. And I had to think about it for a little while. And then when I was late 12, early 13, I just put my fork down and said, that's that. No more bodies on my plate. To which my parents said, yeah, right. Yeah, good, good, good for you. We'll see how long that lasts. But well, it lasted. So that was the vegetarian thing. Hmm. Still ate cheese like it was, you know, my life's blood. So it wasn't until I moved to the Hudson Valley and started meeting people who were involved, involved in farm animal sanctuaries who were like, Gretchen, you know, that's when I said, oh, shit. Yeah. 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 Okay. And, uh, and you know what? I, I will admit that that took, oh, geez, at least a year to turn my brain from one that was made of cheese to one that was like, this is total bull. Um, it took me about a year. So I, I am, you know, patient with people who are, who are trying for that transition or, or just starting to think about these issues. But uh, for me, it's been amazing. Of course. Yeah. 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 It's so I, I had a long, like once I realized I needed to go vegan, it took me about a year too. And I wasn't even vegetarian. Um, so I, I have patience, but there's also part of me that like the thing that made me like snap out of it was someone being impatient 
And like, it was a, uh. a Gary Francione thing. You know, this guy, the, uh, he's an animal rights guy. Um, yeah. He's, he's kind of known for not having the best, like, <laughs> the best delivery. Yeah. But I heard him on a podcast being himself, and it made me like, oh, shit. He said something like, the animals don't need your excuses. They need you to go vegan today. And be- because I knew, like, and I'd had a couple of guilty meals where I sat there eating fried chicken, thinking, like, this is a body. Like, you, like it, I couldn't deny it anymore. I was still doing it and feeling like, I don't know, maybe it was just me. I kind of like to make myself feel miserable. Um, but I think, like, <laughs> hearing him say that made me realize, like, oh, shit. Like, I'm straight up making excuses at this point. And it did snap me out of it. So anyway, I guess I have patience, but I always am trying to figure out, like, when is it time to really push somebody? Yes, yes. that It's a, the push and pull between niceness and agitating. And I say that in, like, I used to be a union organizer. And, you know, you learn about agitating, right? Getting yeah. people, <clears throat> right? And um but uh, yeah, when I think about, I think that those two sides are both really important. You know, I've been, I was turned off during my transition by somebody being too um, stringent about it. And I was really um, moved by someone who was very kind to me during it. So that has shaped, you know, and I think what worked for you shapes what you do, right? Um, but at the same time, if I hadn't had also that sort of obnoxious person's voice in my ear, I might not have moved forward so quickly. So you really, you really need both of those, don't you? And uh, yeah. I guess all of us can be both of those things. So you choose how and when and all that stuff. I also see a lot of... Um, value and 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 it's been successful in terms of my mentorship of other people in just being a joyful vegan mm-hmm. you know if the more somebody is like bitter and you know unhappy and heavy about it um i think that can turn people off who say that's not a club i want to join you know whereas if i if i'm modeling somebody who and this is true is like incredibly happy in that decision and it makes me feel better as a person to be walking through the world that way and I eat very delicious food and I make very delicious you know that that's sort of like okay I want to go to that party you know yeah it's there's something to be said for and I've done less of like telling other people how to do their advocacy because I feel like all of our styles are needed yes exactly yeah Yeah. Uh, that's true in any you know in any social justice cause yeah. Um, favorite food. These are like the pressing questions of our time, maybe even around you in the Hudson Valley. Well, I, my favorite food is noodles. Like I, I, if in an, in a world where there was no noodle, I would just, I would just say goodbye. I would just be like, I'm done, you know? So, um, and I, I just can't, can't live without them. And I like them in different incarnations, but definitely my favorite food is the noodle. In terms of going out, um, I wouldn't say that the Hudson Valley is a hotbed of cuisine, (laughs) but I love going to the Garden Cafe so much, and their food is so lovely, and I was there just last night, and my friend and I both had this dish that we were like, 
every single bite, we were like weeping into our plates and exclaiming upon it, you know. So, but the other thing about the Garden Cafe is the vibe. Everything about it, you know, you walk in, the the beauty of the place, the service, the vibe, the food, it's just a wonderful, wonderful place. Uh, so that is, um, if I haven't been, it's like with noodles, like if I haven't had noodles in in too long, for which for me is like 48 hours, I... Uh, <laughs> I, I just start to feel like all is not right with me. And th- if I haven't been to the Garden Cafe in a little while, I feel the same way. I love noodles. It's such an interesting fa- favorite food. I don't know why. It really strikes me as like, huh, noodles. They're great. Totally love them. But it's yeah. funny to have as a favorite. I like it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Pasta is, pasta is my jam. Uh, you know, I say noodles because I also love, you know, like an Asian, like a flat Asian rice noodle, you know. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I I got I want noodles now. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> uh, what about uh, other poets? Who who inspires you? Um, it's a it's a wide ranging list. Um, there are some dead ones and some living ones. So why don't I give you an example of each? Perfect. Um, a dead one would be Saint. It would be Edna Saint Vincent. Malay or Vincent, as she was known, who was just such a badass human being. Just, you know, look her up, Edna St. Vincent Malay. Um, and she writes the most amazing sonnets. And sonnets are, you know, a very a, a form that I love very much, the 14 lines and the blah, 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 look it up. But uh, she's just a master of them. And she's, you know, helped me through a big breakup and all of that. She's just a genius, very... Um, it's like words are just, that is what ran through her blood and along with white blood cells and red blood cells was, was words, you know, just, she's a lady. And then living, I would say, um, and a, a fantastic poet is Tim Siebel's look him up. Uh, he is, uh, an angelic human also, and just a tremendous writer. And uh, you were saying in our general interview that poems can be intimidating, um, which is very true. Tim's poems, you know, you read his poems and you're like, okay, there you go. That is what poetry can do. That uh-huh. is what poetry can be. It doesn't have to be, you know, taking itself ludicrously seriously and making people feel dumb. It can just be a way to express what you need to express in this world and do that successfully. And, you know, so that's who Tim Siebels is. Can you spell his last name? S-E-I-B-L-E-S. Ah, amazing. I love Mm -hmm. it. I was in a show, and I wish I could remember which song it was. I'm going to have to track it down. This little show that ran for like a year in the West Village called Greenwich Village Follies. And it was a Mm -hmm. musical. And one of the songs was text by Edna St. Vincent Millay. I need to try to track it down and send it to you. It was a, b- a beautiful song. Oh, that would be so great. Thanks. Yeah, sure. Yeah, when I was like 15, this friend of my mom's gave me Edna St. Vincent Millay's collected poems, and that was a really good idea. Uh, <laughs> I love it. Ah, so much to chew on after this. I love it. Good. All right. Um, I think that's going to wrap this part of our interview up, too. Okay, my dear. Well, it's been such a pleasure. Uh, Yes, so good to talk to you. And I'll see you and maybe any of the patrons who are listening will also be there on April 11th, I believe. It's the New York City 
uh, book reading, right? You are correct. It is April 11th. It's at Book Culture on Columbus. That's Columbus Ave, Upper West Side, I want to say around 82nd. And I promise an excellent time. Amazing. I'll be there. 7 p.m., yes. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad you're going to be there, uh, Michael. I want to give you a hug, and I want you to hear some uh, poems that will not intimidate you, but will um, hopefully enrich you in some way. Uh, I love it. I'm really looking forward to it. Yay. Yay. All right. I'll talk to you later. Okay. Bye. Bye. couldn't resist playing that song i forgot that we talked about that tune uh that's the dream uh it's written by my friend doug silver and it's sung there by my other friend jody beck 
uh, is from the Greenwich Village Follies, that show I talked about. Oh, that was a really fun time. That was way, it's one of my first projects I did in New York City. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed the song. Hope you enjoyed the interview. And I'll see you next time. Bye, y'all.